You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast about helping online brands to build a better e-commerce growth engine with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. John, a few months ago, you posted an article about why brands don't invest in CRO. I love that article. There's some great points in there. And this is, I guess, uh, any e-commerce person out there that's listening to this, where I'm guessing you have to be e-commerce to find this podcast (laughs) (laughs) valuable. Otherwise, you're just listening to some great voices. Put this podcast on pause and go subscribe to John's email list at thegood.com. It's really cool articles come out. I think you do something weekly. I don't know how you have the time, but I think something weekly comes out. It's kind of disgusting how often you are able to put content out. I feel sad. Sometimes (laughs) Sometimes <laughs> I actually get, I get logical position clients emailing me asking for meetings because they're reading your articles. They're like, Hey, I want to talk. In fact, I have one later today. Somebody wants to talk about discounting because he read your discounting article and then listened to our podcast. He's like, right. I, I really want to get a call on the, on the books about discounting. I'm like, oh, of course, of course. Hopefully I'm not getting <laughs> you in trouble. How's that? No, no, it's fun because I, I get to talk strategy. I don't have to execute it because the team gets to do that part. So my job's easy. <laughs> um, so for me, it's fun. But all that to say, we know brands are not investing enough in CRO. I mean, that's a pretty easy stat for me to, without even knowing all the data behind it to state that. And so today I'm excited because I get to hear from uh, the horse's mouth on the eight reasons that you've come up with, or basically boil it down to eight reasons that you see day in and day out why brands are not investing appropriately in CRO or conversion rate optimization. Lots of people are aware of CRO and lots of people are skeptical about you snake oil salespeople, CRO guys. (laughs) Why is that happening? And what are you hearing from brands you're talking to about their skepticism or their, their nervousness around putting money into regular conversion rate optimization with an expert like yourself? Well, I, look, I think that there are eight reasons that we've come up with that folks don't typically do CRO. So we can just break those down and talk about each of those today. Mm-hmm. Let's just dive right in with the first one. Uh, that is a lack of understanding around what conversion rate optimization is. So I think this is almost a given, but it's most important to mention that because Look, the definition of CRO or conversion rate optimization, just it's different based on who you talk to. If they're a traffic generation agency, a focused CRO agency, a web development shop. And so almost everybody I talk to who comes to us has somewhat of a skewed perception of what conversion rate optimization is, especially compared to what I and the team here at The Good and and hopefully you as well, since we've been talking for for quite some time on this podcast, mm-hmm. et cetera. But I think this is due in part because a ton of full service, and I I'll, I'll, can't see about it, I would put that in air quotes, uh, marketing agencies claim that they do CRO. And you know, I don't think there's any malintent here. I just feel like a lot of them list this as a bullet point on their website as a uh-huh. way to you know kind of bolster their service offerings or... Because they hear about it in sales conversations. They're saying, hey, you know, we can drive more traffic. And the, and the client says, yeah, that's great. But I also want to optimize the site to be able to convert higher. And so maybe they list that as a bullet point on their site of something that they do. But they rarely are doing anything close to what real or full conversion optimization would entail. So 
What does that mean? Well, a, a true optimization program is going to resolve around data-backed decision-making, and it's going to be done in an iterative manner. It's really clear to say that there's no list of, of best practices that you're just going to apply overnight, and it's going to solve everything. Instead, it's really all about how businesses understand how their customers see, engage, and navigate with a website. And so that's really the key here, right? Is, is, is increasing the percentage of website visitors that convert into customers. And that's all that matters, is getting them to take a desired action that, that you want on your website. So like any scientific process here, there, there really should be no guessing involved. And that means you can't really just simply apply a list of best practices and, and move on. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of brands think that CRO is. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty confident Logical Position has lost a few deals because we haven't said, oh, we do CRO. Because mm -hmm. I'll, I'll get RFPs or I'll get brands I'm talking to and they'll say, yeah, we want to talk about paid search and SEO. And oh, by the way, do you manage our uh, Insta page or some other <laughs> variant of that to help increase and to optimize for conversions? And I was like, mm -hmm. oh my God. <laughs> I, I can't even go into that conversation necessarily, but I just can tell them like simply like Instapage or a variant is they can be helpful tools, but they are not CRO. Mm -hmm. That is yeah. not CRO. That is trying to fix a terrible website with a JavaScript overlay. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's a you know a lot of these are third party tools that aren't solving the on site issues, right? And so that that leads me to my second point, which is that lack of understanding around what conversion optimization even involves, mm -hmm. right? So, so many brands are interested in optimizing their site, but they've read these best practice articles and they don't understand what goes into a successful program. So reading these articles gives them a, a misrepresentation of how conversion rate optimization is actually done. So many think it's a checklist. It cannot be boiled down to a checklist, unfortunately. You, mm -hmm. you think about launching a rocket ship, right? When you're launching a rocket ship, yeah, you need the checklist to understand that you've touched on everything. But if you don't know what that checklist means and how to even put the checklist together, then the rocket's not going anywhere, right? And it's mm -hmm. the same thing with conversion optimization. You know, you can look online and, and see all of these checklists, but if you don't understand how that applies to your site or should it even apply to your site, you know, there's a few of these that I've noticed, right? The first is optimization is a single person's role. And what I mean by that is so many of these larger marketing generalist firms, the challenge that they have is they list it as a bullet point and then they say, yeah, you know, we have someone who does optimization. CRO is such a complex, multifaceted process that you really need collaboration between lots of different specialists. And that's the teams that we formed here at The Good because we realized this is not a one-person one job, right? So you need data scientists to collect and make sense of all the clicks and movements on your site. User researchers, they help identify and solve uh, the problems from that data. UX strategists that develop solutions for all the problems that get found. And even web developers just to implement and build the tests and all the testing platforms. So. That's just, you know, not even talking about having an understanding from copywriting or design or even project management. This is not a simple project management, right? You got to keep lots of things moving and really have an understanding of the data side of things. So it's perfectly fine to optimize a website based on best practices, but not concrete data. That, that's the last one I hear all the time. <laughs> Look, uh, best practice articles provide great ideas. It's a good starting spot. 
But it's important to remember that just one of these tactics may have worked for somebody else. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Mm -hmm. I always like to say that there's a reason racehorses wear blinders. If they're looking to the side or behind them all the time, they're just going to you know, be chasing somebody all the time. And they're never going to be out front leading. And if they really want to lead, then you need to be paying attention to your customers and optimizing based on what works for you and for them. So I think in summary here, there's, there's just a certain amount of guessing that's involved in conversion optimization. And I, I think that's just flatly wrong. I think a specialist will tell you that every test that gets implemented should always be backed by prior research that supports a scientific methodology like a hypothesis. Research and, on that and, site, which would be important. Yes. Not research in general. Like, oh, I did research and found out that this page should look like this. Like, no, no. It's What does right. your site tell you? Even competitive research. So many brands come to us and say, well, you know, love your conversion growth program, want to move forward, but does, you know, I didn't hear you talk about competitive research and we really need competitive research. And then I go into a, get on my soapbox for 30 minutes and tell them why they shouldn't be chasing their competitors and how they don't even know if they're being opted into a test or if it's working for them. And unfortunately, some folks don't want to hear that. They just want to chase their competition. Mm -hmm. Or it's a line item that was directed to them like, Hey, we need some competitor research this year. Here's, you know, mm -hmm. hundred grand. Go com go research competitors. Right. And right. I, I find it interesting. Like if I was able to summarize it kind of from my, I'm not the CRO expert, but if you've got somebody that is coming to you with quote unquote CRO, I'm using my air quote fingers, mm -hmm. um, and they're starting with a hypothesis other than your conversion rate could be higher. Like they're saying, oh, well, our hypothesis is if you move this here, it's going to do better. Like uh, already that would raise red flags for me mm -hmm. because your team doesn't go in saying, this is where you're going to see the increase. It's like, let's go look at the data first. Then we go test. There is no hypothesis around what's going to increase conversion rate. It's data. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All we're, the hypothesis is we're going to increase conversion rates. And that's not even a hypothesis. That's just the fact that we're going to do. Yep, definitely. Well, I think, you know, there's a lot of things to be thinking about here. I think budget is a big one too. We hear all the time. Yeah, this right. is this is my favorite point that you have here. <laughs> I don't want to steal your thunder. Go ahead and say the point. No, it's just, it blows me because I obviously I'm on the traffic side, and so I obviously advocate constantly for more traffic and paying for the right traffic. But the stat that you called out in your article for every ninety-two dollars spent acquiring customers, only a dollar is spent in increasing the conversion rate or getting them to convert. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's an astronomical difference that doesn't make any sense because if you're paying for traffic, that's only a small piece of your overall traffic, probably. Some smaller brands spend more probably, but if you increase the conversion rate, it's on all of the traffic, not right. just direct email, you know, <laughs> organic, like things that maybe don't have a direct cost for acquisition. It just is stupid to me. <laughs> but nothing surprises me anymore in our in our spaces. So it's just a crazy number. Yeah, I think that that's really interesting, right? You're categorizing CRO as an expense rather than an investment. And mm -hmm. so, but it's something that has a measurable ROI, right? It, it's a misconception that unfortunately I see so frequently. And that that's really what, what bugs me about this, right? If I could make you 92 to one return, so like, wouldn't you like that? I mean, I, I it's it's so huge that just, you know, I mean, I guess this is where logical position is 92 times bigger than the good, right? And that's why. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's how I look at this. Uh, but, you know, I, hey, I'm here to fight the good fight. I'm, I'm with you on this. But 
I think at the same point, it really pains me to see this happen because the truth is CRO can have the greatest return on investment compared to almost any other marketing strategy. Now, can you continually spend on CRO for years and do you have to? No, I don't think you do. I think that you need to get your site to a great point and then you can dial it back a little bit perhaps, right? But the reality here is that so many brands focus only on traffic generation that they leave a lot of money on the table. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a big challenge. You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast focused on e-commerce growth. Your hosts are John McDonald, founder of The Good, a conversion rate optimization agency that works with e-commerce brands to help convert more of their visitors into buyers. And Ryan Garrow of Logical Position, digital marketing agency offering pay-per-click management, search engine optimization, and website design services to brands of all sizes. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us out by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing it with a friend or colleague. Thank you. Now, do you kind of see in the CRO space, see kind of like increase, plateau, stop CRO, then a year later, spend on CRO, plateau, and then like that stepping stone, or is it generally the large brands are continuing to spend and increase? That's a great question. I think generally uh, we have brands we've worked with for six, seven, eight years, you know, and we're consistently moving around their site. You know, here's the reality is that the internet's always changing. Consumer preferences are always changing. Devices are always changing, right? It just keeps going. So there's so many changes in the industry with technology and just e-commerce in general. Look, like the whole Facebook issue is happening right now and the iOS issues coming out with the iOS 15 coming out with Apple's, uh, you know, killing email stats. There's so many th reasons that things change on a regular basis that you really need to be considering. And the one thing that really doesn't change as much is the fact that you can get a ton of data from your website and that people ignore it. And, and mm -hmm. so I think that that is really key uh, on a lot of these items. I think, you know, that's where we go to traffic over optimization and these brands, you know, in terms of the budget, where does that budget go? Well, they're spending a lot of money to generate traffic and they think that that's going to translate into immediate revenue gains. And, and a lot of times I hear even a higher conversion rate, but I think, you know, there reaches a point and correct me if I'm wrong, because you're the traffic guy here for sure. There reaches a point where you've, you've saturated all of the high intent keywords and now you're spending money going after unbranded keywords that are more generic, which means you're going to get more generic traffic. Not necessarily a bad thing because you still get them to your site. You still have an opportunity to convince them and, and do everything else, but generally they're going to convert lower. Mm -hmm. And so the more you spend, eventually that's going to plateau for sure. And then you look at it and you say, okay, that's when while your ad spend can continue to go up and you reach a larger audience, but your conversion rate starts to plateau, that's when you bring in somebody to optimize your site. And then it becomes like adding fuel to a fire because you're getting your conversion rate on your site back up and that traffic you're spending is showing that much better of a return on that ad spend. I'm having a lot of conversations, Ace. I'll bring in a great buzzy term or platform right now that I'm hearing so much about in TikTok. Mm. We're getting introductions to lots of brands. We don't manage TikTok yet. Uh, it's too new and we, we haven't mm -hmm. been able to see that there's a way to, to optimize it or really generate enough direct response for e-com brands that we focus on. Yep. But everybody wants to get on it because there's like this big FOMO, kind of like Pinterest is still a big buzzy one that mm. just has garbage returns so far. 
<laughs> but when I when I paint the picture of the funnel, like you have to build from the foundation up. Like if you're not capturing the bottom of the funnel or brand, brand plus terms, or just high quality non-brand terms that convert well, why would you be dumping a bunch of money near the top of that funnel? Because you're building it for your competitors. And so when you jump mm -hmm. to a TikTok or a Pinterest that's more about branding, you're just blasting money. So I think this funnel for me, as I'm focusing on traffic, there probably needs to be a spot where CRO plays into that. Like mm -hmm. most brands should be doing CRO, but when you're explaining this conceptually to a lot of companies that want to invest on TikTok, like, well, why are you going to go spend 50 grand on TikTok that's going to generate maybe $5,000 in revenue? Maybe. Like that $50,000 should be earmarked in theory for CRO mm -hmm. at least because then everything below the funnel is going to be converting much better. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get a higher return on all of that stuff. And then that makes the next layer of non-brand shopping traffic do better. And then you maybe you're ready for something like a TikTok to start filling that so you can convert. I mean, it's just, it's too much chicken before the egg, but flashy things like TikTok come yeah. up and you're like, really? Like That's your answer right now to increasing site revenue is TikTok? Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to work. But that, that just goes to show you how desperate that I think maybe that's that's too harsh of a word, but I think we're coming up on a holiday, and you know everybody's still having an issue with Facebook, and now Apple's releasing stuff right before the, the prime holiday season. I think there's just a lot of compounding effects here that are all pointing to optimize what you can control and mm -hmm. focus on that, and the biggest part is your website, and yet. Very few people do it. This leads me to my next point, Ryan, which is a concern that a lot of e-commerce managers are going to look like they failed. And so they don't want to have someone come in and criticize their website and all the effort they've put in on it. And they've gone to bat for apps they've installed. They've gone to bat for a bunch of different things. And, and so, hey, if we bring someone in to tear apart our site and scrutinize everything, that they feel like they might look bad in the end. And so I think the reality is how we get around that at the good is we focus on the consumer, making the consumer's shopping experience as frictionless as possible. And in that, by focusing on them, we're never criticizing what the uh, e-com manager did. We're always saying, this is what consumers prefer. Let's take a look at X, Y, and Z. I often say that it's really hard to read the label from inside the jar. I'm sure you're tired of hearing that from me now. <laughs> the reality is it's still true to this day that folks just, it, you're so close to your website that it's really hard to understand what it's like for a new to file customer. Darn near impossible. And I struggle with this even on the good.com. Like every day I'm having consumer conversations and I still struggle when someone says, hey, I don't know where to find your case studies. It's like, but I put results. It says results in the main <laughs> navigation. Where else would you go, right? But to them, they're like, I'm looking for the case studies button. So you you think about things like that, and it's like, yeah, it makes sense to them. I should pay attention to what they're saying, right? Mm -hmm. It's still hard for me to see the label from inside the jar on what I'm doing. So I, I definitely have empathy for folks there. But again, I think if you bring someone in to just flat out tear down your website and leave it at that, yeah, it's not going to look good. But if you bring someone in with the approach of helping you see what consumers see, then I think that that has more of an empathy approach to it. Yeah, nobody likes being told they have an ugly baby. And yeah, the website said e-commerce is e-commerce manager. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, do you want to win or do you want to have you know the pride that you built that site? Mm -hmm. 
I'd prefer yeah. winning. Uh, you got to let egos get checked at the door when you start hiring experts. Like I do it all the time. Like, yeah. I know Google ads better than most. And if they're managing it, I'm going to, I'm going to tell them they're not doing a great job, but we can make it look better. And mm -hmm. if you want more revenue and a better strategy, kind of work with us. Yeah. Well, and I think one, one way to kind of sidestep this ego, if, if you're an e-com manager is to be thinking about why it makes sense to hire a specialist. And just to say, I'm not a specialist in CRO. I know enough to, to be dangerous, as people say, but I think that this is the next thing is that a lot of brands just don't understand why hiring a specialist makes a difference, right? So many e-commerce businesses believe that they can just hire their traffic or marketing agency to do CRO because they've been pitched on it so many times and it's an upsell from their current plan with that, that agency. But think about it this way, Brian. Now, if you were getting a knee surgery, you probably wouldn't go to your general practitioner doctor, right? You should go to a knee surgeon who knows the knees inside and out, has done it a million times. You just won't get the same results from a non-specialist as you would with somebody who this is all they focus on. And mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, as I'm saying it, maybe that sounds a little self-serving, but the reality is it's also a great way to be um, letting your team internally know, hey, we're going to bring someone in and yes, they're going to change things about our site and yes, they're going to point out flaws and issues, but let's be honest, we're not experts at this and that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, and that usually takes a lot of stress out of the situation. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're a king of analogies constantly. You do a great job <laughs> with that when you're speaking and so your analogies resonate with people. But I think the, the medical one is a good one because let's, if we rewind five years ago, our industry was still young enough that there was a lot of general practitioners. Mm. And that was good enough for most people. But now as we've matured as an, as an in, online marketing industry, e-commerce mm -hmm. industries, then it's it, there are experts in certain fields now. And you, and you could probably see in universities, there's not just digital marketing degree, but there's maybe specialties of you know driving traffic, convert, mm -hmm. or there should be. If there's not yet, we need to talk to some of those universities. But yeah. I feel like we are at a spot where we've got a lot of experts that can are really, really good. Like you can go to a, if you're a small business and, and you general practitioner is probably going to be okay for right now. Mm -hmm. But if you really want to grow or really want to get into what you, your vision is, or you really want to get healthy, you're going to have an expert that takes care of your knees an expert that takes care of your ear, nose, throat, all these things mm -hmm. to make sure that your entire self or your entire business is doing what it can or should be. That's why I don't ever talk CRO. I'm like, no. <laughs> Well, but I think you made a good point there. You made a good point there, Ryan. Like, I think based on our conversations, you know enough to help a brand who is at the stage where it doesn't make sense to invest in in a full CRO specialist, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think this is the next point is that a lot of brands don't meet the traffic requirements, right? They're below that level where it makes sense. And so what do I mean by that? Well, you have to have enough traffic to be able to turn data into insights. If you don't have enough data, you don't have enough visitors, then you're not really going to be able to find the right insights and move forward from there. So this is one of the most common barriers I see is that in order to carry out proper testing on a site, you really need to have enough traffic. And if you don't, you should really look at finding that individual that can help you. Or uh, at the good, we've come out with some small and medium business uh, services as well as our one-time audit that we can do. And I think we specifically did that because we get so many inquiries from brands who 
need help, but can't afford a true optimization service and a per ongoing program that it, that you know would move the needle for a bigger brand. But if they're too small and they don't have enough traffic, we can't show them a return on investment. So really at that point, you're looking at um, perhaps working with an individual who can do this or working with our team, but doing it on a bit smaller scale. And that's you know where we thought we should be helping these brands. We get that request so much. Mm-hmm. Traffic is important and the right traffic. Mm-hmm. You can go buy cheap display traffic and maybe hit the requirements. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Not going to be there. It's got there's there's stepping stones to size to make CRO work, but even mm-hmm. be an appropriate line item because it's not like in generally. I'm uh, mm-hmm, forgive me mm-hmm. if I'm generalizing. Like spend the ten grand a month on CRO, and next month you are making a hundred thousand dollars more revenue. Because of that ten grand, that's you got to make sure your your business is making appropriate decisions. Sure, and I think at the same time, a lot of brands come to us and say, "Hey, you know, I'm just going to take money away from traffic generation and 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 do optimization." I'm always like, "No, no, no, no! You need to drive the same amount of traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't just cut that budget because then we're not going to have the traffic to test with." So. When I hear that, I always push back and say, no, no, this has to be an investment you make on top of your traffic generation. This is not in replacement of. So for people that don't know you enough, what's that traffic threshold? I want to see around 50,000 unique sessions per month for our flagship programs, the conversion growth And that's site-wide, organic, direct, It is sessions, just site-wide sessions. Um, it doesn't, I don't care where that traffic's coming from for the most part. Again, I don't want it to be crap traffic, right? I want, I don't want them to be just sending 50,000 people to the site with improper expectations. Mm -hmm. I want them to be, to be as quality traffic as they would want to be able to convert. Now, if you have less than that, it doesn't mean all hope is lost. It just means, Hey, we probably shouldn't be doing AB testing on your site. So what are some other options, right? Well, we could still do user testing right? We could still do eye tracking studies. We could still do a heuristic evaluation of your site based on our experiences. You know, we could still do customer service interviews. There's a lot of other data points that are out there that aren't A-B testing. And so I think that's an, uh, important for folks to understand as well. Good. All right. I think we have, if I'm counting correctly, one more point that you had in yes. that article. Yeah. Uh, that it takes too long or Sometimes it's it's just really hard to get started, the onboarding challenges. I get it. Like if you're investing in this, you want to start seeing results as soon as possible to know you're getting back your investment. But I think it's important to call out that if you see an agency offering immediate results, that that should be a massive red flag. I like to tell folks that you should be budgeting for at least six months. If you can't do optimization for six months, then you're not ready for it. Really does not mean you wouldn't see results sooner. It's very common. I mean, we just ran a test for a $50 million brand uh, last week. It was our first test for them in month one, and we earned them another $1.6 million from that one test. So in the first month, we've paid for working with us for years. Right? <laughs> I mean, we should be charging way more. Uh, but the reality is that, you know, is that happen every month? No, it doesn't happen every single time we're kicking off a new client, but we will show results and it will show that, yes, there's there's revenue to be had here. 
And but it, you know, it's six months. These changes we've made, we've worked our way around the site. We're starting to get to the point where we're we're doing much smaller tests, but it's also at the point where it's more sustainable growth. So that's all uh, really really helpful there. Lastly, I, you know, I think it's it's just hitting on that point that it's an iterative process, right? Really focus on the onboarding aspect of what's happening up front. Are they setting up the data correctly? Are you analyzing all the consumer interactions? Are you doing user testing? There's a lot of those type of items that really need to come into play. So I think that's uh, really the last point is just that some folks think it takes too long and some folks have challenges getting started because they don't have the right data or they're not ready to be data-driven. And so if you can get over those two things, then then I think you'd be a great candidate for CRO. Nice. Okay, so... Man, there's a lot to unpack. Some people listening to this might have to listen to it a couple of times to really get everything out of this because this is, again, one of John's, I think, more meaty articles that just had so much to, to chew on and work through when it comes to CRO. But there's a lot of things that keep a company from spending on CRO. Mm. Uh, one is not understanding what CRO even is. It's not just changing button colors and you know making some guesses and seeing what happens. A lack of understanding around what it involves. So it, CRO is is not simple. It's complex. It involves a lot of experts. It's mm-hmm. not one person just going off and you know playing on the website to try to see if they can make it work better. True CRO does work better because there's experts and they do the data tests. Budget. <laughs> they got to know <laughs> that you're investing uh, for traffic. You need to be investing in making it work better. And many companies will try to move budget from the traffic to converting, but it's it's an it's an and like traffic mm-hmm. and converting improving conversion rates. The egos that come into play, that's a big one. Can't ignore the fact that some e-com managers are, are nervous about making their website look bad or making them look as if they made bad decisions on the apps they put on. But real CRO should be looking at the customer journey, not the site itself. And that's, mm. uh, we're helping customers not necessarily making the site look bad or what's happening in the site. And then there is a misunderstanding around experts. In this, in our industries, like there are experts for certain things, and there's a lot of value to having the best of the best, and then putting it under the veil of kind of like the medical field, where there are specific experts. Brain surgery requires a neurosurgeon, not a, <laughs> you know, an MD. So make sure that you're understanding that CRO is a, is a specialty, not a bolt on to your social agency or paid search agency. And some companies just don't have the traffic yet, so they're not they're not there for true CRO. You know, and the number you use as kind of a baseline is 50,000 unique sessions a month uh, before real, true CRO can be done or make sense mm-hmm. uh, for the brand. And then there's a, a lot of companies have this idea that it takes too long to get to for CRO to pencil. So they can't start now because they need to show quick ROI mm-hmm. and or it's going to take too long to onboard. And they, again, they've got to be able to be in it for at least six months. I set the same expectation for SEO. Like if you're doing SEO, six months out. So that I think that expectation is already there for certain pieces of the online space. I think for CRO, it just needs to be uh, reiterated that because of all the actual data, you just you can't just spend a dollar now and get $10 tomorrow. Like I'd, I'd love for that to be the fact of all kinds of things, but um, <laughs> that's, that's not the case. If it was, I would go to all these sites and say, I will pay for your CRO if you give me the upside next week. Uh, there you go. It doesn't work and I still have, you know, that dollar in my in my pocket. <laughs> John, awesome. any any last points or things that you really want to hammer home uh, on I, this when it comes to CRO? That was an amazing recap. I think that's a great note to end on. And I appreciate you uh, 
putting up with me on on this episode to to <laughs> hit on all eight of these topics. This is a very meaty article, and uh, that this was based on it. And I think it's super important though to, to touch base on all this. So for thank sure, you for allowing us the time. Yeah, I am now a smarter person when it comes to CRO. Yet again, that's the goal. <laughs> Thanks, John. Thanks for listening to Drive and Convert with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. To keep up to date with new episodes, you can subscribe at driveandconvert.com. Thank you.